0: Ladies and gentlemen, we are live for
1: MMA Sucker Radio.
2: This is MMA fight music producer Mikey Ruckus, and you are listening to another edition of Sucker Radio with your host, Jeremy Brand. Be sure to catch all your mixed martial arts news and interviews and updates at www.mmasucker.com. I can't believe this can happen to me.
1: From Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We are here for another edition of Sucker Radio here on MMAsucker.com. I'm your host, Jeremy Brand. And we're going to do it quick. We're going to do it dirty this week. We have UFC welterweight one time title contender, Tiago Alves, joining the show. He returns at UFC 183 after quite the hiatus. To take on Jordan, Meehan, these two were expected to face off in August. That didn't happen. Alves pulled out with a knee injury. Um, Meehan ended up fighting Mike Pyle and beating him. So the two get to fight again. Well, not again, but the two are scheduled to fight yet again. And uh, we'll see how that goes. That fight is kicking off. The pay-per-view portion of the UFC 183 broadcast this Saturday night. An absolutely stacked fight card from top to bottom. The fact that we have Sarah McMahon and Misha Tate on the preliminary portion of this card just tells you how stacked the fight card itself is. Obviously, at the top, we have Anderson Silva versus Nick Diaz. The news from this week, which came out um, the other day... Nick Diaz no-shows his open workout in Las Vegas. Um, Missed his flight, I guess. That was the word. He missed the open workout. Hopefully he is at media day so the media can chat with this guy. Um, Obviously, everyone likes that. Anderson Silva taking on Nick Diaz. Main event, pay-per-view, UFC 183 this Saturday night, MGM Grand Garden Arena. And the co-main event... A very, very big welterweight showdown between Kelvin Gastelum and Tyron Woodley. I myself, you know, Gastelum is that guy that you sort of pass on. I didn't think he was going to beat Ellenberger and he blasted right through him. I, again, don't think he will beat Tyron Woodley, but you never know. You cannot pick against Kelvin Gastelum, so this one is a toss of the coin. In fact... I believe the entire main card, other than Anderson Silva, is a toss of the coin. Al Aquinta Joe Lozon. We had Lozon on the show. We're hoping for that sucker radio push. Who knows? Al Quinta is a bit of a beast. Tim Bosch tallies Latis. Latis has been on a bit of a run as of late since returning to the octagon. He's done very well for himself. He should be able to finish this fight and, and beat Tim Bosch. But we've seen what Bosch has been able to do in the past. Look what he did to Yushin Okami. That was quite a while ago. But what does that mean? That he can stop people if he has to. So the knockout is always in the back of someone's mind. As I said, kicking off the main card, we have Tiago Alves, Jordan Mian. The preliminary card on Fox Sports 1 is just as stacked as the main card. Rafael Natal taking on Tom Watson to kick off the Fox Sports 1 portion of the card. John Lineker versus Ian McCall. A number one contender matchup in the UFC's flyweight division to take on Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson. And the fight is on the preliminary card. What a doozy of a fight. Derek Brunson versus Ed Herman. And then as I said, Sarah McMahon, Misha Tate. Absolutely stacked fight card Saturday night. Begins at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, live on UFC Fight Pass. I said I'll have uh, Tiago Alves on the show. That's coming up in just a few minutes. Also, Justin Pirro has brought back another guest. I think this is going to be a weekly thing for him. He's going to bring on guests. This time, he has the man behind Tommy Toehold. I guess we're just going to call him Tommy Toehold. I don't know what to call the guy because he has no name. He is anonymous, whatever you want to call him. But Tommy Toehold, the man behind that cartoon character, is going to be joining Justin Pierrot. But joining me right now, I will have my interview with Tiago Alves. This man was a former UFC welterweight title challenger. He's coming off a nine-month layoff and will fight Jordan Meehan At UFC 183 this Saturday night, please welcome the Pitbull, Tiago Alves, to Sucker Radio. Tiago, thanks for joining me today, man.
0: Thanks for having me, buddy.
1: Now, as I said in the intro, you've been out of action for some time. You were expected to fight me in August. However, we're forced out due to injury. Um, How's the knee feeling now?
0: Knee feels great. It feels great. Body feels great. You know, uh, I'm very well prepared and... uh, I can't wait for a Saturday
1: night. You, you, most guys make the trip to Vegas on Tuesday. You were out in Vegas early. Is that something you like to do to uh, become acclimatized, or, or you just like to settle in a little early?
0: Uh, I like to settle in a, a little earlier, you know. I got here actually on Sunday, so and I feel like I own the city before everybody else.
1: Now this will only be your second fight in almost three years. How, how sort of crappy does it feel to be to have been sidelined for so long?
0: Uh, it's it's never fun, you know, it's not something that uh, any fighter plans for, but it happened, you know, uh, and compared to my last layoff, this is a piece of cake.
1: Yeah, no kidding. Now, your matchup is, is a rescheduled one from August, as I said. Do you like that you still got the same opponent? And, and training camp, I guess, was basically the same as the last time around, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, I've been preparing for Maine for a long time now, and uh, it's it's awesome that we're finally gonna get over with.
1: <laughs> were you at all surprised that you got the same opponent? Cause he mm-hmm. knocked off a win against Mike Pyle when you two were supposed to fight.
0: Uh, not at all, you know. I have the name. Uh, I've been around for a long time, so and uh, the UFC and the fans know who I am and what I've been through, you know. And uh, I'm pretty sure they're excited to see. Now what I'm about to do
1: for sure now you've had as you said you had a lot of time to prepare for the Canadian what are some skill sets that you feel he brings to the table that could be troubling for you
0: uh uh, nothing that can be troubling you know he's a world-class fighter you know he's one of the best in the world and uh he's been around his experience but I'm pretty sure that anything he's tried to do to me I've seen it you know at least a thousand times and, uh, and I'm just ready to go out there and be my best and be better than him wherever the fight takes place.
1: Yeah, and shocking enough, I'm, you're coming into this one as a bit of an underdog, which hasn't happened too often in your career. How does that feel? And do you even think about these betting lines at all? Not at all, not at all, because,
0: you know, I don't bet on it. So that doesn't really concern me. But, you know, it, it's great to be the underdog. You know, uh, I've been in this situation a few times before, and I don't mind at all, I actually embrace it, you know, I love to prove everybody wrong.
1: Now your Muay Thai will be on showcase for sure this bout, I'm sure. Uh, the knockout is always a predictable outcome for you. In your mind, mentally speaking, how do you see this bout playing out?
0: Uh, I don't think it's going to go to distance, I think I'm going to break him spiritually you know, and mentally, and I'm going to finish him.
1: Now you've worked with Mike Dolce for quite some time now, you said you got to his house last night, how did it make you feel when when there were others trashing the way Mike did his thing? Did did you feel like sticking up for him and and saying anything to any of these guys? Uh you know,
0: uh uh definitely. I mean, uh, there's just jealous and haters, you know, uh, it happens, you know, every time you see somebody, you know, that deserves the recognition do it very well. You're always going to have haters out there and you know? they're going to try to uh diminish his light a little bit. But if you know Mike very well, You know, even if you don't know him well, if you just heard about what people have to say about him, you know, and know his integrity, you know, it's all bullshit, you know, people are just jealous. And hating on him because he's successful, he's the best at what he does, you know, and I sign up on him big time, he completely changed my career, and uh, I'm excited to represent.
1: You must love Fight Week then, because, I mean, he does all your meals and all the prepping for you, you just get to sit back and relax.
0: Uh, yeah, actually, you know, I'm fortunate enough to have Mike. You know, three weeks before the fight, he comes to my house and stays with me, you know, and he does uh, you know his job at his best and uh, gets me ready, gets me confident. You know, I don't have to worry about making weight anymore, you know, like I used to. I'm only focusing on being at my best to fight day and put it on the show.
1: Yeah, speaking of nutrition, weight cutting, when you fought Matt Hughes back in the day, which I might add, was one of my favorite performances. You were a monster, size wise. You were huge. How much weight were you cutting back then, and and were those the days the biggest weight was coming off of your body? I was
0: cutting a lot of weight. Uh, I was cutting a lot of actually. You know, I wasn't cutting that much compared to where I caught today. You uh, know, I'm pretty much uh, the same, but you know, the weight it would have just come off because I didn't know how to make the weight come off, and I didn't know what to eat before to make the weight fall off. And now uh, it's a completely different story. I used to walk around with 205 uh, back in the days. Now I walk around between 95 two hundred, which is, you know, it's pretty big for the weight class. But, you know, this weight right now is mostly uh, lean muscle, so I don't have a problem with losing it anymore.
1: Nice. Now, the weight class itself, the welterweight division is sort of wide open at this point. You have two other teammates in Hector Lombard, Tyron Woodley, right up near the top. Do you think with so many people scratching at the champ's back, a win in this fight at UFC 183 could put you right up there with those guys?
0: Uh, that's the plan, you know, the plan is, uh, uh, you know, uh, get a, a crack at the title in 2016, you know, and uh, this is going to be just another step towards accomplishing all you know, my goals.
1: Something that I noticed looking over your record is you've been with the UFC since 2005, yet you've had you haven't fought in Brazil under the UFC banner. Now that the promotion travels there a ton, is this something that's on your bucket list?
0: I haven't heard your whole question. You got cut up a little bit.
1: Oh, sorry. I said that it, you've been with the UFC since 2005, but you haven't fought in Brazil. Um, now that the promotion travels there a lot, is is this something that you want to scratch off your bucket list?
0: Uh definitely. Definitely, it's always you know, always been a dream to, to you know fight for the UFC in Brazil. So hopefully, you know, uh, in the next few years, we, we can make that happen.
1: Now. I spoke with your coach, Ricardo Laborio. He's the one who helped me set up this interview. I asked him if there was anything that he could give me, some little tidbit on you that that you might find a little funny. Well, that was I got something pretty funny out of him, and he said, when you were young, 18 years old, you had a girlfriend who was probably 17, you wanted to get married, bring her over, and he said, son, in four years you'll learn English, go to the UFC, make money, and be famous. Don't do that. Believe in what the old man is saying. And now you're thanking him <laughs> every day, he said.
0: Yeah, yeah, I you know. Lubardo is very wise, not just when it comes to fighting, but uh, life as well. And, uh, you know, I was just a kid fresh out of the boat. And, uh, you know, I had the uh, had the dreaming uh, mentality, you know, I'm going to get married to it. I'm going to start my family. It's like, hold on, hold on, hold on. It's just, you know, to focus on on your English, being your best every day. And, and if you, you really want that after a few years, you make it happen. If you're not, you know, just keep living your life. So I'm glad he gave me that advice.
1: <laughs> now, uh, you've been on a layoff, as we said earlier in the in the interview. How many times would you like to fight in 2014? You're fighting in January, so very beginning of the year. How many more times would you like to fight in this year? 2015, uh, I mean. <laughs> at least three times
0: you know uh, I, got, I got an opportunity to start earlier in the year so I'm planning at least two two more fights by the end of the year
1: Here's is Tiago Alves, he will step back inside the Octagon this Saturday night at UFC 183 against Jordan Meehan Tiago, just let people know where they can get a hold of you in the social media universe and any sponsors you'd like to give shout outs to
0: uh, You know, first I want to send a shout out to my uh, clothing line TPA clothing, you know, make sure to Look us at tpaclothing.com I want to send a big thanks to Jacko and on Blue Grace, some of my main sponsors that have been with me for a long time, uh, buy a Station and a few foods. Of course, my boy Mike Dolce and the best team in the world, the American Top Team. If you want to find me on uh, social media, it's Tiago Alves att at Tiago Alves att.
1: Thanks for your time, Tiago. All the best, and good luck in your return
3: this Saturday night. Thanks, Jeremy. Hello everyone, it's me, Justin Pirro, back again for more unpopular opinions on Sucker Radio here at MMASucker.com, and I am joined by the creator of the self-proclaimed Marshawn Lynch Press Conference of MMA, Tommy Tollhold. We have the Animator. How are you doing today?
4: Uh, I am just here so I don't get fined.
3: (laughs) Of course, of course. (laughs) All right, so... Since you are the mysterious animator, we won't uh, bother with the names. But how's everything going? How's the next episode coming along?
4: Things are going great. Uh, I was actually just working on it uh, right before we got on the phone together. Uh, it's going to be a Nick Diaz Anderson Silva episode, so it should be pretty easy. Um, this is like the best week ever for me because it's just like total gravy. It's the, I've been I've been riding that train for the last two years, so.
3: Yeah, it it's ubiquitous. I mean, you've even made ease normal a part of uh, jiu-jitsu classes where I w- used to train. So that's amazing. Yes. And uh, what do you? What is your take on this fight? I mean, I think it's basically Diaz being led as a lamb to the slaughter here. I know he's training with Joe Schilling, but uh, you know, old habits die hard. As far as uh, eating leg kicks like they're uh, you know post bowl munchies.
4: <laughs> yeah, you know what. Um, I recently did a breakdown for countermove uh dot com and in terms of fantasy uh fantasy football or fantasy MMA where you're trying to get the the best possible quickest outcome, essentially. Uh I was looking at the matchup and I thought the same thing too. I thought, you know what? Anderson Silva's got size on him, he's got all these things where you know he's a counter striker and Nick's very aggressive. I felt like it was such a uh a terrible matchup for Nick. But I do feel like if Nick catches him, I, I, that's the thing I don't know about Anderson Silva anymore after these Weidman fights is if he, gets, if he takes a big shot, is he going to be okay? Uh, everything tells me that Anderson Silva is going to win this fight. I even said that in my breakdown. I said, look, Anderson Silva is probably going to win this fight. But I think the quickest chance of having a possible uh, you know, flash knockout of some type, I think Nick might be able to pull that off early in the fight. Otherwise, I think it goes to, to a decision, and I think Anderson takes it.
3: Yeah. that's uh pretty much what i'm thinking i know when my wife first saw the notice of this fight she was appalled because she didn't think diaz even deserved
4: it oh wow
3: yeah my wife's awesome what can i say
4: <laughs> she is
3: yeah uh but uh moving on to other women let's talk about uh joanne calderwood she was on the mma hour this week and it sounds an awful lot like sean shelby is ducking her Saying he's giving her excuses as to why he can't book her in fights for a while, so claiming that the commissions won't book her against any opponents because it's such a mismatch. I mean, that that's some Vitor level ducking, bro.
4: Yeah, that doesn't that I don't even understand that at all. Like, I mean, it's not like it's uh, you know, cyborg fighting a strawweight or something. You know what I mean? I I. It, that's that's mind blowing. You look at her matchups that she's had. She's had some very competitive fights. That's not as if she's killing people where it's it would be dangerous for her to be in the cage with other people. And she's like one of the most marketable people in existence. I, she is an immediate star, especially in Europe and and the UK. It's like I, she should be fighting on literally every single. She should be like Donald Cerrone. Yeah. I bet you that if
3: you gave her the chance, she would be like Donald Cerrone. Mm-hmm. You know, I could see her fighting every two months, starching random straw wings. Oh,
4: absolutely. Absolutely.
3: Let's take my money.
4: <laughs> yep. But,
3: but I mean, I think it's symptomatic of a bigger problem. I think Sean Shelby's with the exception of Ronda Rousey because he has to book her and Misha Tohold because I think he snowed by dead ass. Uh, I think he doesn't treat the women's divisions with enough respect. I mean, we're barely seeing any
4: fights. I would definitely like to see a lot more. Uh, the the, the strawweight division especially coming in. I mean, I know they're just starting, but what an exciting division. It was so exciting in Invicta. You have so many stars. Every It's just chock full. I mean, it's like season one of tough in terms of you know star quality. And, and yeah, I, I would love to see a lot more fights uh, with the ladies in, in the UFC.
3: Oh, definitely. I mean, there's so much out there. And, I mean, we got uh, Siohi Ham waiting in the wings. And, I mean, she wasn't on Tough. But, I mean, she was always a favorite of mine watching Jules. hmm And I like that she's in there. And I think, you know, her nickname, Hamderley Silva, is and I'd love to see her in there again. I'd love to, you know, put her in with jo- I think she fought JoJo at the last car. Sorry, at the Tough finale, didn't yeah, she? Yeah, yeah,
4: she did. That's right. Yep.
3: Yeah. I mean, I- JoJo starched her. So, I mean, who's I mean, who's next? I mean, Calderwood really does need to be in an eliminator for the oh, straightaway I'm, titles.
4: 100 percent agree. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, she's right there in the mix. She should definitely be at the top. And uh, again, just even a marketing standpoint, you know, you, you're trying to make the most exciting matchups, the most marketable matchups, the matchups that are going to sell tickets. I feel like she's one of the biggest stars in that whole division.
3: She is. And I get that crying Freeman vibe from her, you know, like she'll kill you. She'll kill you, but she'll cry about it afterwards. <laughs> you know, She'll be upset.
4: Oh, yeah, she does. She seems like a sweetheart.
3: Yeah, uh, she does. And I mean, it's a shame that she's not getting the fights. It's a shame that uh, Tanya Avenger, despite the run she's on, is still not getting looked at to be brought into the UFC. I just I think Shelby's a bit of a problem and they need to bring in a separate matchmaker for the women's division. But that's just me.
4: You know, um, I mean, I can't I can't. uh I can't comment exactly on Sean's decision making because I don't understand. You know, I don't know what exactly what's going on with it. But I know that you know you've got somebody like Julie Kedzie, uh, who's been working with Invicta now. Uh, I think she'd be a great addition to the team. You know, um, in terms of matchmaking, I think that would be great. Yeah.
3: Yeah, but uh, time will tell. Who knows if the UFC ever absorbs Invicta? Like I predict they will. Then that'll likely happen. But until then, I suppose we and the women will have to suffer. <laughs> yeah. All right, now the last thing I wanted to talk to you about was uh, the Rumble Paradox, I'm calling it. Anthony Rumble Johnson, yes, he's a killer. Yes, he seems like such a nice and classy guy outside of the cage, but it all seems like he's attempting to make image rehab because we know about his history. You know, he's got that no contest plea for domestic violence in California. He's had multiple accusations for it, and it's something that... It's keeping me from jumping on the Rumble Johnson hype train.
4: I think it is a paradox. Uh, it, it, it is interesting, and you're right. Uh, you know, I, I uh, it is hard not to associate the two things with each other, especially when you know, um, you know, you, you've heard about them. Maybe people that are casual fans of the sport haven't really heard about some of these things that have happened. I do think, though, that, you know, we are a, forg- a forgiving society. We're forgiving uh, of of people that are public figures, especially if they handle things properly. I think if he continues down a road that is, um, you know, he's, he's incredibly respectful in, in everything that he does uh, in public. Uh, and, and if he shows that he, you know, can continue down that road, I feel like people will be less likely to uh, harp on his mistakes. Whereas if you, I feel like if you make mistakes in the past, but then, I don't want to say that you're just not likable, but I mean, I look at like a, like a John Jones situation where yeah. um, I think a lot of people's problem with John isn't even necessarily the mistakes that he makes because, I mean, look, we're all human. We all make mistakes. I think it's just the way he handles it, things like his persona, that, that rub people the wrong way. Um, but with somebody like Rumble, if he continues down a path where He's incredibly respectful. If he's you know open about these things in interviews and talks about what has happened and and how he's changed, I feel like people will be okay with that. And honestly, I don't think you could ask for for any more. You know, um, I
3: know you have to allow for redemption and rehabilitation yes, in people.
4: Yeah, exactly.
3: And I you know I really hope that he's turned the corner and he is rehabilitating himself and taking the steps he needs to not do those horrible things again you know if he's seeking counseling or whatever i hope he's doing it and if he's doing it in private all the better because stuff like that it isn't necessarily our business
4: yeah exactly you know it's it's their private lives if it if it's something that happens that affects uh you know what happens in terms of his career let's say something happens and then he is suspended or whatnot those are things that actually you know the, that move into the realm of mixed martial arts. Otherwise, uh, I think it's honestly just a matter of public uh, perception of somebody. And I think he is he is going about it as as well as you could go about it in terms of of uh, you know his public image. I think he's doing a very good job with it, and, and I agree. Hopefully, things go great, and and there aren't any more issues, and and he's you know he's uh, getting uh, the help he needs with that kind of stuff, and and can move forward because I think he could be. Um, very good for the sport uh, in terms of, I mean, you look at guys like, um, you know, Anderson and GSP, I feel like are very good uh, ambassadors of the sport. And uh, it would be nice to have another guy that could show uh, that same kind of um, that same kind of quality.
3: Yeah, no, I, I, definitely agree with you on that. Uh, I want to thank you for your time and, uh, why don't you take a moment, hype anything you've got coming up, any, uh, further episodes. I know sometimes you can spend a while on them. I know you spend more time on John Jones's rehab than he did, but, uh, <laughs> let us know about, you know, let us know what you got coming down the pipeline and where people can find you on social media.
4: All right. Uh, I try to do a new triple THS every single day on my YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash Tommy Tohold. It does not always happen. Uh, Oftentimes, it doesn't happen but once or twice a week. But check out the YouTube channel. There's plenty of content, uh, hundreds and hundreds of videos so far. Um, on my Twitter, you can find me at Tommy Toehold. Just send me a tweet. I'll probably reply to it. My Facebook is Facebook.com slash Toehold. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm all over social media all the time during the fights, after the fights, you name it, I'm there. So uh, check me out. Thank you so much for having me on.
3: You're welcome. And one last thing, uh, where can people go to buy shit with your face on it? <laughs>
4: That would be triple THS.com. So T T T H S.com. I've got t-shirts, hats and key uh, patches.
3: Awesome. All right. Uh, thank you for your time again, Mr. Animator. Uh, you have yourself a great day. I'm going to throw this back to Jeremy after a word from our sponsors. DraftKings.com, North America's leader in fantasy sports, one-day fantasy sports, has gotten into the MMA business with their UFC 183 MMA 20K guillotine. That's $20,000 in guaranteed prizes, and you can get a chance at that for just a mere $2 entry. DraftKings.com, as I said, is North America's leader in one-day fantasy sports, and it's not just MMA. They've made millionaires thanks to NFL football, and you can get your shot at the big money, Looking at fantasy golf, fantasy hockey, fantasy basketball, that's right, PGA, NHL, college, and NBA basketball. So go ahead, click that link on the Sucker Radio page, and sign up today for free at DraftKings.com. As I said, this
1: week was going to be quick, it was going to be dirty, fast-paced episode of Sucker Radio for this uh, UFC 183 fight card weekend, or week, leading up to UFC 183. Thank you to my guest, Tiago Alves, thank you to Justin Pirro and the man behind Tommy Toehold for breaking down some things on Unpopular Opinions. Just some news in the UFC, some fights to, to get to that were broken this week. Ovin Saint. Prue meets Patrick Cummins at UFC on Fox 15. Another fight that um, people are talking about, Dana White actually mentioned this week during 183 that John Jones versus Anthony Rumble Johnson is a possibility for UFC 187 in May. Amazing. I cannot wait for this fight. Anthony Johnson this past weekend absolutely mauled the mauler, Alexander Gustafson. Um, Some people are saying a headbutt caused the knockdown. I don't think so. I think it was the overhand right that dropped the head of Gustafson and then a headbutt on the way in. Yes, it was unintentional, but whatever. Anthony Johnson was pushing forward the entire fight And he caused the finish. He caused Alexander Gustafson to be as frantic as he was, bouncing around the cage, worried for that big punch that was coming, and it did. Good job, Anthony Rumble Johnson. UFC on Fox 14 was extremely fun. I'm not going to talk about it at all, but congratulations to everyone on that fight card. One more fight I'd like to talk about is Juliana Pena, makes her return after a big, big injury that had her out since her win on the Ultimate Fighter. She's returning at UFC Fight Night 63 against Milana Dudavia, and I'm excited for that. Pena is one to watch out for. Everyone has been talking about her. Unfortunately, we haven't seen her inside the Octagon since her uh, tough victory, but we are waiting for that return at UFC Fight Night 63. So again, thanks to my guests. Make sure you head on over to mmasucker.com. Check out our DraftKings article. We are now sponsored by DraftKings. They will be advertising on mmasucker.com In our posts that we have, you'll see a link to head on over to DraftKings. Make sure you use our link so that people know that you're coming from mmasucker.com. We do not get anything out of this. This doesn't mean we're getting paid Every time you click over to DraftKings, it just shows them that you're coming from MMA Sucker and where you're coming from. Thank you very much for supporting us. We would love it if you guys use our links for DraftKings. If you see them on Facebook, if you see them on Twitter, use our links just so that they know that you're coming from us. We appreciate your support. That's why we're doing this, so that you guys have the goods and we'll continue to bring them to you. So, head on over to MMA check out the DraftKings link, um, and use that. Thank you very much. Check out MMA Sucker.com on Facebook. Facebook.com slash MMA Sucker on Twitter at MMA Sucker. Follow myself on Twitter at JeremyBrand604. With that, I'm out.
2: It's the radio. It's the it's the radio. Sucker sucker radio. Come and listen. It's about that time. Yes, download the show or you can stream online. It's the radio. It's the it's the radio. Sucker sucker radio. It's the radio. It's the it's the radio. Sucker sucker radio it's the radio it's the it's the radio sucker sucker radio come and listen it's about that time yes download the show or you can stream online out